Welcome to the KPC Podcast. This week's message is from a special guest speaker. All right, well, I think many of you know Edith and Felix Prakash, is that right? Okay. For the, for the few that don't, KPC is one of the more unique churches in America in that we have our own international evangelists. Um, they've been coming here for years, but they, that God has given them an incredible worldwide ministry, and we've seen it grow and just raise up right here. So, uh, Edith and Felix, I want to welcome you now. Let's just show them our love as I think Edith is coming up. May I pray for you? Can you pray for you? Okay, come here. All right, come in. Come on, we got to get the love going here. Father, we thank you so much for Edith and Felix. Father, we thank you for what you have done. God, it's a marvelous thing in our eyes. Um, Lord, just the, the anointing, the equipping, God, the fruit of this ministry. And so today on a Pentecost Sunday, we welcome them. We thank you, Lord God, for the glorious message of your Holy Spirit that has come to change everything for us. In Jesus' name, amen. You know, um, this morning I was in prayer about, God, what do you want me to share? And just in a few minutes, I'm going to un- un- unpack a lot for you about Pentecost because we are living in very, very significant times of history. Because, you know, in America, in CNN only shows you what you need to see. But people like us, we go from nation to nation to nation. We find that we are living in moments. We are just minutes away from the second coming of Jesus. And if you know something, the Bible says, not everybody who say, Lord, Lord, will enter into the kingdom, but only those do the will of the Father. Man, that verse changed my life. It doesn't matter. Many people will come to him and say, Lord, I cast out demons in your name. God, I healed in your name. And God's going to tell them, I don't know you. Can you imagine? Can you cast out demons without God? No. But that means what God is saying in this world, if he's having us this moment in history to live, it's because God has a purpose and plan. And God was, wants us to be into the fullness of all that he has for us. And this morning, my friend, I want you to just give me a few minutes of your time and just, just expect from the Lord. Tonight, we have, this morning, we have come to expect from Jesus. There's two important things that need to happen if we want to experience the fullness of the Holy Spirit. Jesus was teaching his disciples throughout his lifetime for three years, teaching them and teaching them and teaching them about the kingdom of God. But until the end, they didn't get it. Even when he's about to take, they're asking, Jesus, who's going to sit on your right hand and who's going to sit on your left hand? That's where their mind were. That's why God says, wait until Jerusalem until you receive the power. Because you need the power, powerless, more prayer, more power. Less prayer, less power. No prayer, no power. Without the power of the Pentecost, we cannot do great things for God. When we look in the Bible, what is Pentecost? It's so beautiful. Pentecost is a time when we look in Exodus chapter 19, the Lord comes on the Mount of Sinai. He looks, he tells Moses, you know, the, the Egyptians have just come from, I mean, the Israelites have just come from Egypt. 
and they are at the foot of Mount Sinai. And while they are in Sinai, a 47th day, the Lord gives a commandment to Moses and say, consecrate yourself because I'm going to meet with you. So on the day of Pentecost, on the 50th day, the Lord comes on the mountain in a mighty, in an in a earthquake and fire and lightning. And so the people are, nobody, the, the, the Shekinah glory of God, like a smoke surrounds that mountain. Everybody's afraid to go near that mountain. And that day, on day of Pentecost, is when the law was given to Moses. Nobody went near the mountain but Moses, who went up and got the law. When you, when you, when you, when you fast forward and you come to Acts chapter 2, you find that in the upper room, when 120 believers gathered, what is the qualification? Jesus said, unity and expectation. Any time we want the Holy Spirit to move, it's not that Holy Spirit does not come or, or miracles don't come. Revival doesn't come because an evangelist came to town. It doesn't come because a great man or woman of God comes to town. It comes when revival starts with me. Revival comes when I'm hungry. Revival comes when my people call after my name. If you seek my face and turn from your wicked ways and, and come to God with repentance, that's revival, my friend. That's why the Holy Spirit experience is a personal experience. The anointing of God is here. The presence of God is here. The river of God is flowing. But I need to be hungry. God cannot make me drink. He can lead me to the water, but I need to drink. And so this morning, I will ask you to open your heart. Because we are the time of waiting, the time of crying, the weight of intercession, the time of warfare is done. We are living in the now moment. Now moment. And for those anointing, my friend, is not taught. It's caught in the spirit realm. And this morning, if you have that passion for God, Lord, I am tired of warfare. I am tired of making it happen. I am tired of worry. I want to catch the anointing. A.W. Tozer said this. A.W. Tozer said, when the Holy Spirit comes upon a man, you are never again the same. He does not leave you the way you are. You know, when the fire of God comes, it transforms everything that it touches. And so in, in the New Testament, when the Holy Spirit came on unity, and expectation, they were filled with the power of God, filled with the fire of God, and they were speaking in tongues. See, in the Old Testament, the people were afraid, but in the New Testament, Gentiles were amazed because of what the message of God was delivered in their own tongue. In the Old Testament, it was smoke. In the New Testament, it was fire. In the Old Testament, people were afraid, but in the New Testament, the voice of God divided into 70 languages. And people were filled with the baptism of the Holy Spirit. This morning, my friend, if you are tired, we need the baptism of the Holy Spirit. In Acts chapter 2, verse 3, the Bible says, And suddenly there came a sound from heaven, as of a rushing mighty wind. It filled all the house where they were sitting. And there appeared unto them cloven tongues of fire. It sat upon them. And they shall all be filled with the Holy Spirit. And they began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them a Terence. Dr. Jerry Wine said this. He said, the average Christians and the average church is somewhere bogged between Calvary and Pentecost. They've been to Calvary for repentance, but haven't been to Pentecost for the power. Bethlehem means God with us. Calvary means God with us, but Pentecost is God within us. John the Baptist said, I baptize you with water, but he who comes after me will baptize me with the Holy Spirit and fire. Touch your neighbor and say, I want the fire. 
Do you want the fire today? Do you need the fire today? Are you hungry for the fire? Something very funny happened in my life. You know, a few years ago, my husband bought a new uh, uh, van. And so we were just coming from a meeting. And normally, when I experience the power of the Holy Spirit, you know, my hand gets hot or my back gets hot or, you know, just heat, heat is the way that God, you know, tangible presence I used to feel. So I was in this car and we were going back home. And all of a sudden, my back was getting really hot and my hand was getting hot and my legs were getting hot. And I'm like, Felix, I'm feeling the Holy Spirit. Man, I'm feeling this amazing anointing. And Felix didn't say anything. Anything. When we went home, he said, it's not the Holy Spirit, it's a heater in the, in the seat. <laughs> what am I saying today? You are not going to experience the Holy Spirit like that. You are going to experience a tangible infilling. You're going to experience a transformation. You're going to trans- experience a change from the inside out. You know, normally in our meetings, the places that we go are very, very dangerous and, you know, very remote and no, sometimes no water, no electricity. So people come with no plan B. So in the altar, they would come with so many diseases and they would just ask God to heal them. So while even we are preaching, people would get healed. So I used to feel this burden for this healing and miracles. But this year, the Lord spoke to me. He said, Edith, I'm giving you a mandate. Everywhere you go, I want, to prepare, I want you to prepare the people for the second coming of Jesus. I said, what does that mean, Lord? It means speak the word so a spirit of repentance will come in the heart. My friend, God doesn't want us to go through motions. He doesn't want us to go experience a super. That is awesome when we have these moments. We have an encounter with God. But if that encounter does not change us, what is the use of that encounter. I want to ask you a question. What are we doing with Jesus in our life? When the infilling of the Holy Spirit comes, it is to equip you, empower you to go bring the loss into the kingdom of God. From January till today, how many people have we won to Jesus? And let me tell you something in the Bible, God never tells us to go and convert. What he says is go and tell. Go and tell. Go and tell. If JCPenney would give all the clothes for one dollar, today. How many phone calls will go? To all our friends will say, go buy that stuff because everything is a dollar. How much more? Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. You know, last week we were, in, we were going to Austin, Texas and uh, we didn't have a ride. So uh, Felix took an Uber in the morning, three o'clock in the morning. And I sat in this van that's full of smoke. And I was thinking, oh my goodness, I'm having this asthma. And this is going to trigger the asthma. I'm saying, Lord, help me get to the airport without a, you know, a trigger of asthma. And the Lord said, Edith, this is your divine assignment. And next to me in the driver's seat sat a beautiful woman. I don't know if she's here today. Sat a beautiful woman. And, and the Holy Spirit said, tell her. I'm coming after her today. So I was talking to her about the love of God. From my house till the airport, she was crying. And she said, I'm a Mormon and I'm lost. I have nobody to care for me. I have nobody. And I said, let me tell you something. Three o'clock in the morning, God sent you an Indian woman to tell you how much he loves you. You are not lost. You are not lost, my friend. Let me tell you, when we got down at the airport with tears, she prayed with me. 
The harvest is plenty. The laborers are few. What are you doing with your Jesus within you? What are you doing with the fire of Pentecost? What are you doing with the anointing of the Holy Spirit? Because Bible says it is not by might, not by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord. Jesus needed the Holy Spirit. He was conceived by the Holy Spirit. He did miracles by the Holy Spirit. He was led into the wilderness by the Holy Spirit. He overcame temptation with the Holy Spirit. He endured the cross with the Holy Spirit. He he, he died and he was resurrected by the Holy Spirit. If Jesus needed the Holy Spirit, how much more you and I? So why do I need this Pentecost? We talked about what is Pentecost. Let me tell you. Revelation chapter 2, the Bible says, Do not fear what you're about to suffer. Behold, the devil is about to cast some of you into prison so that you will be tested. You will have tribulation, but be faithful till the end because I will give you a crown of life. My dear friend, Christianity and walking with Jesus is not an ordinary walk. It is a walk of dying to flesh. It is a walk of depending on the Holy Spirit. Yes, we will have issues. Yes, we will have flaws. At the end of the day, the Lord says, at, at, at all the time possible, be walk in peace with all men. It's okay to have issues in our heart, but at the end of the day, God wants us to change that. God wants us to fill us with His Holy Spirit, fill us with His love, because the litmus test of the Holy Spirit is love in our heart. Let me tell you, even though now everything is looking good, we are going to come into difficult times, because Jesus said, if this world persecuted me, it will persecute you. There are times our faith is going to be tested. There's going to be time, maybe you may not be in a physical prison, but because of your faith, you will be challenged. Today, we are living in a culture that everything is relative. With the rise of globalization, there are no moral absolutes. Everything is relative. Everything is new age. All road leads to God. My friend, when you come to Jesus, if there's anybody here this morning that does not know the Lord, let me tell you, all roads does not lead to one destination. There is only one way, and that one way is through Jesus. He is the way, the truth, and the life. There is no other way but the cross, my friend. But the cross of Jesus Christ comes with a price. He doesn't give you the power of Pentecost without the pain of Pentecost. This morning, God is saying, when that time comes, James chapter 1 verse 12, the Bible says, Blessed is the one that perseveres under trial, because having stood the test, the person will receive a crown of life. If you want to hang in persecution, if you want to hang in criticism, if you want to hang in there, you need endurance. For endurance, you need the Holy Spirit. Because let me, if you be honest with me today, there are moments in our life when the mountains are looking so big, you don't even know how to pray. Have you been there? I've been there. God, where are you? Why are you silent? When I'm walking through the valley of shadow of death, I don't feel you, God. Where are you? Yes, my friend, those moments will come. Because if there is no test, there is no testimony. If there is no mess, there is no message. If there is no trial, there is no triumph. Because Jesus said, in all this, you are more than a conqueror. What can separate me from the love of God? No tribulation, no trial. Nothing can separate you. But you need the Holy Spirit to 
endure that season. Even when nobody appreciates you, even when everybody misunderstands you, even when you feel you're not seen or heard, all your hard work is going like in a drain, you still must remember, God, my anchor is in you. My anchor is in you. The eyes of the Lord are going to and fro around the world to see, to do good for those whose hearts are towards him, my friend. Even if the world may forsake you, Jesus will never forsake you. He said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. Even if your father and my mother may forsake you, he will not forsake you. You need that power to endure. A beautiful verse in the Bible that I like is found in Romans chapter 8, verse 26. The Bible says... In the same way, the Spirit also helps us in our weakness. For we don't know how to pray or what we should, but the Spirit himself intercedes for us with groanings that cannot be uttered. My dear friend, Jesus said, it is good that I go because I want to send you a comforter. The comforter, when this Holy Spirit comes upon you, he will lead you into all truth. When you have a situation and you don't know how to pray, because earlier in my faith, you know, I would pray for hours, but then I will pray and tell God what to do. And one day God said, don't tell me what to do. Just surrender to my will, Edith. I have my plan already. I'm not going to change it. See, God will bless only his plan for your life, not the plan that I want to be. That's why when we get that revelation, we don't have time to look at somebody else. Because in my path, in my destiny, in my calling, every blessing that I need is already provided by God. Say hallelujah. Hallelujah. When you know that identity, God, in you I live. In you I move. In you I have my being. You have no time to look at somebody else because you are busy doing what God has called you to do. That's when, when we don't know how to pray. The Holy Spirit prays for you. When I'm on the plane, I intercede. When I don't know what to think, I intercede. You know, God often doesn't give you people that you want. He will give you people that you need to break you, to polish you until you become transformed into the image of Jesus. So when God gives you difficult people, you can bind the devil, you can break the devil, you can do everything to the devil. It's not going to change because that was not from the devil. It was from God. You know, Jesus... Jesus was called by God, but God did not allow Jesus to choose the people that he's going to work with. Did you know that? 500 people want to follow Jesus. How many did he choose? Prayed all night, chose 12 people. Out of the 12 people, one was a doubter and one was a betrayer. Knowing that Judas will betray him, knowing that whatever he does, that Thomas is going to doubt him, Jesus still had to keep a seat on the table, my friend. It's good to have people that will doubt you. It is good for people that will betray you. Because my, my mentor, Gordon Robertson, said, Jesus entered into his greatest ministry only after he was betrayed. If you want to grow in your life, we got to be in a place of discomfort. If you want to grow in your life, let God bring the people around you. Let God bring the people who will transform me into the image of Jesus. The more you fight it, the more your destiny is going to be delayed. Because when you allow God to bring these people, when you allow God's plan to come in your life, when you surrender to the will of God, when you say, okay, God, here I am. Break me, God. Use me, God. I surrender to you, God. I don't know how to do this, God, but I trust you. In that place of no power, you have so much power because God, Christ in you, the hope of glory. 
So we need to thank God for our mother-in-laws. Thank God for our sister-in-laws. Thank God for the terrible boss that is in your work. Thank God for the neighbor that's annoying. Because everybody's in your life because God put them to make you more like Jesus. All right. So what is the purpose of Pentecost? The, first, the power of Pentecost. Why do I need this power? In Ephesians chapter 6, verse 12, the Bible says, For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers of darkness, ruler of this dark age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places. Let me tell you, many people want to do ministry. But if there is no power within you, what is, only what is in you can out, out of you. So if there's nothing, if there's not enough power, you can't mess with demons. That's why even the disciples went back to God and said, Lord, we can't cast out demons. God said, go try fasting and prayer. You need power to do ministry. That's why Bible says, when the Holy Spirit came on the disciples with the fire anointing, now they could go and do ministry. Acts chapter, the fire also gave them boldness and wisdom. Acts chapter 4 verse 13, the Bible says, now they observed the confidence of Peter and John, and they understood these were uneducated, untrained men. They were, the people were amazed and recognized them as they have been with Jesus. If your life want to make a difference in this world today, people must look at you and say, you have been with Jesus. It doesn't mean we don't have flaws. Oh my goodness, it's good to have flaws because Bible says, it's in my weakness, God's strength is manifested. So if you don't have weakness, you don't have strength. So the more weak you are, the more his strength will be available. So this is two different things. We're not talking about the flaws, but we're talking about a productive life is spending time with Jesus. So many of us chase opportunities, chase people. We get discouraged when doors close on us. We get discouraged when we work so hard for something and somebody closed. My dear friend, God will close the doors because he can take you into the fullness of all that he has for you. They have been with Jesus. What do people say when they look at us? Thirdly, the power will give you strength to do miracles. See, in um, Acts chapter 19, verse 15, they said, some Jews began to imitate Paul, and they went and started chasing demons. You know what the demons did? They said, Paul, I know. Jesus, I know. Who are you? Maybe in America, you don't see this often. The, the, the demons in America are very sophisticated. But we deal with demons in Africa and India. They're very raw. I mean, they are rolling all over the place. You know, I mean, it's, it's, the way the, the people are manifesting demons are just, it's, it's, it's just another magnitude. So if you don't know God, Demons must know your name if you want to chase demons. Let me tell you a story that happened in Burma. After the altar call, I was praying for this lady who had full white patches on her skin. I started praying for her and her voice changed to a man's voice. And like 10 men were trying to pull her down and she was still jumping. You know, the, the, the demon power was just manifesting. So a few of us got together and the pastor got together and we prayed for her and the demons left her. The second day meeting, I was praying for her people. A beautiful lady, lady came behind me and said, hey, um, do you recognize me? I um, said, no. She said, you prayed for me yesterday. I said, really? She said, I was the lady that had white patches on my body, all over my body. When the demon left her, it took the disease along from her. The next day when I saw her, her skin was like a baby. Friends, when we 
begin to know God. They that know God. When all, see, miracles doesn't, again, I want to make this very, very clear. Powerful ministry doesn't happen because of my spirituality. The only mandate God gave me is create an atmosphere of expectation, Edith. Create an atmosphere where people can expect from me. That's all. Where there is unity and expectation and faith, the Holy Spirit will do mighty, mighty wonders. Even Jesus could not do miracles in his hometown because of unbelief. If Jesus cannot do so, what, what stops miracles is unbelief. It's that, it's that easy. So when we expect from God, miracles will happen. The purpose of Pentecost is this power will come upon you and you will be my witness in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, uttermost part of the world. Every time God, the, the purpose of Pentecost is that the God keeps that, fo- that power flowing, but we need to be in a place where it doesn't clutter. The, the power is not cluttered because of our unforgiveness or our bitterness. You know, we see Peter in Acts chapter 10. He was filled with Pentecost, but he still had issues. He was, he was, he was, had a wonderful ministry. He went up, you know, he was sleeping. Um, he's waiting for the lasagna to get cooked in the oven. And then he sees a vision and the heavens are open and God says, Feel, uh, you know, Peter, eat that scroll. He said, God, I've not had anything that's unclean. And the Lord said, don't call unclean what I have made clean. My dear friend, that's a word for somebody here today. Maybe you're praying for a miracle and you want the miracle to happen the way that you want it to happen. But the Lord is saying, I'm showing you another way. A way that you've never been comfortable before. A way that is unfamiliar. A way that you feel like, God, I can't do that. I am unfamiliar with that. I cannot go in that area. But the Lord said, trust me and come. There's somebody here today. You are asking for direction in your life. There's three roads in front of you. The Lord wants you to take the road. You need to trust God the most. Whenever you you trust God with your whole heart. That's when supernatural miracles happen. You know, here Peter said, God, I'm not familiar. But when he arose and ate, there came Centurion, who took him to his place. And Centurion is a Gentile. You know, Peter had issues, but God said to Peter, upon you will I build my rock. And so when Peter went into that Gentile house for the first time, when he was speaking, the Holy Spirit came upon them. My dear friend, God wants us to take us to a place of no limitation. No limitation. Bible says in Acts chapter 10 verse 38, how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and power. He went around doing good, healing all that were oppressed of the devil. When we walk in that anointing, you will not let one thing lessen the anointing. I know there are many people here who know the Holy Spirit, who are walking with Jesus, and you can relate with me. Once you get accustomed to that supernatural realm, once you get accustomed to the Holy Spirit help, anything in our heart that will hinder the flow, you will get rid of it. My dear friend, this today, God's God's desire for you is to walk in unlimited blessing. Unlimited blessing. He's saying, get rid of all the offense. Get rid of all the hurt. Let me plow your heart. Let me do something new. It's not about a preacher. It's not about a missionary. It's not about an evangelist. It's not about a church. It's an encounter with Jesus. It's an encounter with Jesus. When you touch Jesus, when you hold on to Jesus, that Jesus will change your life, my friend. He will give you, he will tell you how to pray. You know, Steve earlier told you about Greece, but let me tell you a story that happened in my life in Greece. When we were in that prayer room, I was praying for Greece and uh, 
I heard the Holy Spirit say, have a crusade in Greece, Edith. I'm thinking, God, this is out of the blue. I'm an Indian. This is Europe. Nobody knows me here. Who would come for the, whole, for the crusade? Have a crusade, Edith. And I'm rebuking the devil. That's just me. That's just my thought. I just want to have a crusade. And, and, and then, okay, I said, all right, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to throw this out and, and test the waters. So I shared with a couple of people and said, the Lord wants me to have a crusade. And they are not used to crusade concepts. So they were like, no, it's not going to be possible. So I went home to the hotel. And all night I couldn't sleep. The Lord was stirring my heart for Greece. Pray for Greece. Pray. And I'm saying, God, how can I pray? This Greece is so big. It's so cold. What can I do as one single person? The Lord spoke to me. He said, I'm not asking you to pray. I'm asking you to pray with me. All of a sudden, my tiny, puny little prayer, when I began to pray with God, when I began to pray with his purpose, it began to echo with thousands of saints behind me. You know, that picture that you saw, you know, we were standing on Mars Hill. Behind me was the Parthenon. Uh, in front of me was the Parthenon. Behind me was the city of Athens. It was so moving because that was the same place St. Paul had stand, stood 2,010 years ago. And I said, God, who am I? Some little woman from India and you brought me to stand in the Mars Hill and you're telling me to agree with you. You're telling me to... So I'll agree along with Paul. And he said, look at the city of Athens and begin to prophesy, begin to pray, begin to believe. Because when I say the impossible will become possible. That's when this Pakistani pastor walked in the next day. And now in June, first week, we are having the first crusade ever in Athens, Greece, 10 minutes from Mars Hill. What I am saying to you today, what I'm saying to you today, when God says something, don't reason with God. When God gives you an opportunity, it may be different. Those people may have issues. Those people may not be perfect. But remember, it's not about the people. It's about God's purpose revealed through flawed people in our life. When God told Joshua to conquer Jericho, who was his divine contact? It was the prostitute Rahab. This morning, my friend, get connected with your divine connection. Again, I said the power of Pentecost, the purpose of Pentecost, the pain of Pentecost. The pain of Pentecost is in order for that power to flow through in our life, we need to have a lifestyle that is conducive of honoring God and allowing the Holy Spirit to flow freely in our life. The Lord doesn't want our hearts to be cluttered by anything. Every day, every day we come in, into his presence, every day refueling. You know, it's like you have a brand new BMW, but if you don't have the gas, the car cannot go. And you need that oil every day. You need the vacuum it every day. You need to put fuel every day. The same way the Bible says you and I are the temple of the Holy Spirit. In the Old Testament, when Moses dedicated the temple, the fire of God fell and, and the sacrifice was consumed. When Solomon dedicated the temple, the fire of God fell and consecrated the altar, saying, this is my dwelling place. But my dear friend, when you come into the New Testament, the Bible says, don't you know, you are the temple of the Holy Spirit. And that's why when the fire came on the day of Pentecost, it came on the temple of 120 people. And God says, I'm going to indwell you. No longer I'm going to come upon you. I'm going to come within you. In him we live. In him we move. In him we have our being. This morning, I want to give you an invitation, my friend, to fall in love.
power of Jesus. Don't look at your circumstances. Don't look at your weakness. Don't look at what people are talking about you. Don't look at your limitation. One man with God is a majority. God is looking for a handful of people who say, here am I. Take me, Lord. Here am I. Send me, Lord. It's no longer about me, God. But Christ in you, the hope of glory. I want to finish with this. God is not looking for successful people or perfect people, but he is looking for faithful people. There was a man called Edward Kimball in the 19th century. He was a Sunday school teacher. And every Sunday he would come and teach faithfully those children. And one day he said, this is not enough. I need to make every single one of them fire for God. So he would go after one kid that did not know God. He would go to the shoe store this kid was working and talk to him about Jesus. And that little kid finally got it. And he, and he left the job. And the little kid began to travel and preach the gospel. And God started using this kid so powerfully. And that kid was D.L. Moody. God started using D.L. Moody so powerfully. And in one of D.L. Moody's crusade, a man called William Chapman was converted in his crusade. And William Chapman began to be an evangelist. And in his crusade, a baseball prayer called Billy Sunday began to be converted in his meeting. And in Billy Sunday's crusade, Mordecai Ham got converted. And Mordecai Ham began to have crusades. And he had a tent meeting, a big crusade in North Carolina. There was a bunch of kids that wanted to create problems in the meeting. But there was one young kid that went just to see what would happen when the other kids created a problem. And he went to this crusade. And that night, this young kid's heart was changed by God. That young kid came back again the next day, and God saved. And that young kid is nobody else but Billy Graham. And through the ministry of Billy Graham, two billion people heard the gospel of Jesus. And that's not counting all these people. My dear friend, don't underestimate your potential. Do not despise the day of small beginnings. You will never know what your life can do, how it can change a young person. Maybe God may not, the greatest contribution may not something that you do, but it may be a contribution that you raise, that a child you invest into, a child, a life that you touch, that that little kid is going to take the gospel to the ends of the world. There was a grandma called Marge Jackson when I was studying in CFNI. We had full scholarship in ORU. She called me one day and said, Edith and Felix, I know you guys travel, has a call for evangelism, and I see television in your ministry. And she put an airline ticket in her hand and said, I want you to go to the school of Pat Robertson, and I want you to study there. But we didn't have no scholarship, nothing, but full ride in ORU. So we believed this grandma, and we came here with $100 in our pocket. And God helped me finish a PhD degree. And in 2013, he opened the door to travel around the world, take the gospel of Jesus. He is my provider. He is my God. He is my father. He's everything to me. Say yes to God this morning, my friend. The Holy Spirit wants to change your life. If you say yes to God, you have no idea what the Lord is going to do in your life. This morning, shall we stand up? I want to give you an invitation. I want to ask you, whatever is... Whatever you're tired in your life this morning, whatever is draining you, the Lord wants to change and move things around. I feel a shift in the atmosphere. I feel the Lord wants to move things out of your way. I feel that that tiredness, the Bible says, weeping may endure for the night, but joy comes in the morning. Are you ready for the fire this morning? Would you lift up your hand? Can we ask the Holy Spirit? Lord, I want a fresh touch today. 
God, would you renew me today, God? Would you refresh me today, God? And I prayed for you this morning. There were many people here who are going through difficult times in your life. There's been warfare even for your life. But the Lord wants to change you. Change you. Thank you for listening to the KPC Podcast. For more messages and information, visit kpc.org.